Episode 14, judgment is a good thing. When we think of the word judgment, we oftentimes get offended because no one wants to be told what to do. Many people don't want to hear each other's opinion of different things, but there are people that have lived this life before we've lived this life and they've lived it a lot longer and experienced many things. And when they see things that are familiar to them that they have gone through and they see someone else going through that, they will also tell their opinion or give judgment as to what they feel like he or she should do. So judgment is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because it prevents us from getting into things that we should not get into. It also helps us to see things in a different light because there are people that have different perspectives. And a lot of times when we're in a situation, we don't really look at the whole picture of what's going on. But someone else who has experience will say, you know what, I've been there, done that. I see the bigger picture. And this is what you may want to do. So judgment is good. We need judgment. A lot of times we fail because we don't take the advice or the opinion or the judgment per se from someone else. But judgment helps us. Judgment helps us live our lives in a better way. It helps us to think outside of our boxes because a lot of times when we're in issues, we have circumstances that we're in, we're inundated with life, jobs, family, just everything that's going on around us, especially if parents that are growing older, how to deal with elderly parents. It's good to hear perspective, even though you may not feel like, or you may be too stressed or distressed to hear someone else's thoughts about your life. Judgment is actually a good thing. I know in social media time in this era where everyone gives their opinion, there are people that come from a place of evil and hate when they actually give their opinion. But there are some that are coming from a place of just love and a place of experience, not wanting you to go through the same torment, the same issues, the same hell that they've gone through themselves. And them sharing their perspective or sharing that so-called judgment that it seems like will help you because it basically helped them. And so it's, it's allowing them to help when they weren't when they themselves did not get the help that they needed and oftentimes people will say you know if I had known this I would not have done that judgment gives you a place to pause it gives you a place to take retrospect or take perspective as to what am I doing am I making the right move am I making the right decisions am I moving the right way should I go right should I go left should I keep forward or should I just turn back around and start all over again so judgment is a good thing and we cannot base judgment or the advice or the opinion that people have given us on everyone's dislike of it we think about the Israelites that's what the Israelites used to help themselves walk in alignment to God's will for their lives. If we look at the Israelites from Abraham to Isaac to Moses and then to, to Samuel, how they were able to get into position to hear from God. And then they will tell the people what God said. It was better for Abraham or better for Moses or Samuel to tell the people what God wanted them to do versus God himself coming down and rendering that judgment. And then that's what we don't want to do. We don't want the hand of God to come down and render judgment. It's good to hear judgment from someone, a peer, or from someone that's older than us that has the experience to help us live this life the way we should and not to fall into things, into traps that will bind us and that we'll have years to, to get over the torment and the torture. And then also to create a generational curse for your children and so on. You have Abraham, you had Moses, you had Samuel, where they actually did not go into battle until they, they talk with God. You know, Moses would go and communicate and say, okay, Most High, what do you want me to do? How am I going to tell these people what to do? They're not obeying you. What, what should I tell them? And God says here, here are the Ten Commandments. Tell the people to follow the Ten Commandments. 
And with Samuel, Samuel was really like a king, but he actually was a judge because of course, when Hannah was unable to have a child, she went to the place of worship and she was there crying and praying at the altar, asking God to have mercy on her, to give her a son. And Eli, the priest was like, you know what? Hey, stop crying. God has hurt you. Just make sure that when you have this baby, that you bring him back to the house of God, that you bring him back to the house of Yah. Hannah went home, she got pregnant, she had her baby, and she brought her baby back to the house of God. And Samuel was a pivotal strength. He was a pillar of strength for the Israelites. He grew up in the house of worship. He grew up learning the ways of Yah, learning the ways of the Most High, understanding what God required of him. And one thing that was important too is that Samuel knew how to listen. He knew how to get into a place and listen to see what their next move was. And oftentimes we're just moving because out of stress, we're moving out of frustration, and we should not be moving that way. We need to move in line with what God wants for our life. It's a much peaceful place to move in alignment to what God has for us. And so Samuel, he, you know, even when he was a little boy, you know, God was speaking with him. He kept going back to Eli, like he said, "Hey, Eli, you calling me?" And Samuel was like, "No, I'm not calling you." So by the third time, Eli was like, "Hey, that's God." So the next time you hear the voice calling your name, say, "Speak, Yah." Speak Yah, I'm listening. And that's what we have to do as Israelites, as the tribe of Judah, is to get into a place where we can say, speak Yah, we are listening. We're listening for our families, we're listening for our children, we're listening for this generation, the generations to come. We are listening. And so Samuel was able to create a, a habitual standard of just going to God for whatever they needed. Every time they had to go against the Philistines, the giants in the land, every time they had to come against someone that's trying to, to destroy the Israelites, Samuel would go to God. He would go to Yah and Yah would tell Samuel exactly what to do. And he would tell the people what Yah would say. He says, this is what you do. When you go into battle, don't you pick up nothing from them people. Go into battle, you will win the war, but leave their stuff there. Don't take anything. And of course we know the story. Saul decided he wanted to go ahead and take some of the cattle and take some of the things that were there because they looked so nice and they were so plump and, and voluptuous that he wanted to take what God said not to take. That brought judgment to, to Saul from God. But Samuel was already there telling the people what to do so they would not have to face God, to face the judgment of God. But since they failed to obey the judgment of Samuel, now Saul is in position now to be judged by the Most High. And that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to get into a place where we're ignoring our parents, we're ignoring our friends, we're ignoring our elders or elderly people in our lives. We're ignoring all these people. And then we have to stand before God and give an account of what we did and what we did not do. That's crucial in our walk is understanding that this judgment thing is not a bad thing. A society, this symbolic Egypt has made judgment a bad thing and it's not a bad thing it's a good thing we need judgment actually we need more of it but it must come from a place like Samuel where okay our hearts are pure and we just want what's best for you and we don't want you to take the wrong turns and be you know, lost for a period of time when you can stay on the right path and have peace and perspective knowing that you're in the perfect will of the Most High. In Jeremiah 4 God is rendering judgment what we don't want if you will repent O Israel, says Yah, and return unto me, which means to repent and turn to Yah, and put away your idols, the abominations, put them out of my sight, says Yah. He says, and you will not be moved to and fro like a fugitive. That's what's happened from Africa to the United States to all the parts of the world. 
That's where Judah, Israel, has moved around because of our disobedience. And he says in verse 2, And you shall swear, if you just make an oath, make a covenant back with me, Yah says, and live in truth, meaning live in faithfulness, be faithful to me, and live in judgment, which is deciding what is right and deciding what is wrong. Live in judgment. What they keep telling us not to do, that's how we're supposed to live in judgment, making a decisive decision on what's good and what's bad according to the principles and the standard of the Most High. Live in truth or faithfulness. Live in judgment and live in righteousness. And righteousness here means truthfulness. Live in our truth. And we cannot live into our truth unless we know the truth. And that's why Truth Wars is here because we are searching for the truth. And once our people understand truth, I think and I believe with all of my heart, they'd be more receptive to receive what God has for them because the truth will set them free. And he says, and the nations shall bless themselves in him and in him shall they glory. So seeing our repentance, seeing us coming back to Yah will make the Gentiles want to glorify and honor Yah as well. For thus says Yah to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your follow ground. Breaking up the follow ground is your heart. Allowing your heart to be pliable again. Allowing your heart to be open to receive from Yah, to receive his words, to receive his standards, to receive all that he has established for us. And then he says, sow not among the thorns. And thorns are our enemies. We're wasting too much time planting seeds in our enemies' gardens, knowing very well they're either going to steal from us or they're going to destroy what we plant. Stop sowing in the camp of our enemies. Verse 4, circumcise yourselves to Yah. And we know circumcise for the Israelites were to cut off the foreskin back in the time of Abraham. Circumcision today is to cut off, literally cut off from the things of this symbolic Egypt, cut off from the things of this world. Take away the foreskins of your heart, plow away grudge, jealousy, envy, strife, unbelief, heartache, pain, generational curses, unforgiveness, Take away the four skins. Those are the four skins of our hearts. Allow our heart to be freshly tilled. Allow our heart to be plied. Allowing God, allowing y'all to come into our hearts again. To give us a new heart. A heart that feels. A heart that loves. A heart that is sensitive to Yah and sensitive to his people. He says, ye men, you men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He's warning us. Least my fury come forth like fire. Fire is a destroyer. And burn, meaning to consume, that none can quench or stop because of the evil of your doings. Here, Yah is tired. Not tired physically, but basically just tired of what he's seen in his children, in Judah, in Israel. He's like, I'm coming. I'm not allowing you to continue in this disobedience. Yes, you've been enslaved more than once but I want you to come back to me. I don't want you worshiping the idols of this world. I don't want you sowing seeds into, into a land that's not gonna give you your harvest back. It's just a waste of your time. Judah, Israel, least my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Declare ye in Judah 
and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, blow ye the shofar in the earth, cry, gather together and say, assemble yourselves and let us go into the defense cities. Set up the standard toward Zion, seek refuge and protection. Stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. We talked about the north. We know who the north people are. Remember who the north people are. From the north, this hidden darkness, great destruction shall come. Verse 7, the lion has come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of the other nations is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make your land desolate, and your cities shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. You don't want God's judgment. He does not play when he comes. When he tells us something, we have to do it, or he's going to come and render judgment. And he says, no one's going to be standing when he comes. Nothing is going to be standing. When I say something, I mean it. Verse 8, for this, gird your sackcloth, lament and howl, for the fierce anger of Yah is not turned back from us. And it shall come to pass at that day, says Yah, that the heart of the king shall perish, and the heart of the princes, and the priest shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. Yes, there are many men in high positions. Japhet is all over the land in the highest positions of the lands and of the different nations and different countries of this world. But when God comes to render his judgment, they will not be able to withstand. There's no one more powerful than the Most High. They may think they're powerful now, but just wait when judgment finally comes. Then said I, Yah, surely you have greatly deceived this people in Jerusalem, saying, Ye shall have peace, whereas the sword reaches unto their soul. So they're saying all this time, we're getting these peace agreements together. We're going to walk in unity and in love, and we're going to just help everyone, and we want no more wars. But they're saying this in public, but behind the scenes, Yah is saying they're sticking swords in our sides. They're making plans to destroy us, making viruses to depopulate the nations, and then miraculously have a vaccination to make billions on the virus that they've already created. Yah says, I see what you're doing. You're standing out front. We're trying to stop this. We have plans in place to, to bring everyone to a place of safety and peace. But behind the scenes, they're not only constructing the viruses, but they're also constructing the vaccinations to make billions off the people. And that time it shall be said to this people and to Jerusalem, a dry wind of the high places in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan nor to cleanse, even a full wind, a strong wind from those places shall come unto me. Now also will I give sentence, judgment against them. Behold, he shall come up as clouds and his chariot shall be a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled. Woe unto us. We have everything at the drop of a finger. We can have what we need. We can have our company order same-day service. All these things to us right at the drop of a hand. But Yah says, woe. We're spoiled. We have everything. But if you have not followed my laws, not followed my commandments, woe unto you. Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness that you may be saved. How long shall your vain thoughts lodge within you? 
Wash your heart from the wickedness of this world. Yah is saying, destruction is coming. Judgment is coming from the north. So Israel, Jerusalem, what are you going to do? You're going to stay in sin. You're going to stay in wickedness or you're going to come back to Yah. The choice is up to you. Judgment is coming. Viruses, hurricanes, wars, rumors of wars, tornadoes. There are things happening beyond our control. Judgment is here. Israel, Judah, what are your plans? Are you going to bow now or are you going to pay later? Jeremiah 4.15, a voice declares from Dan. Dan is of the tribes of Israel and proclaims affliction from Mount Ephraim. Ephraim is Joseph's son. These are Israelites. Make mention to the nations. Behold, proclaim against Jerusalem that the watchers come from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of Judah. As keepers of the field, are they against her roundabout? Because she has been rebellious against me, says Yah. So the people are coming against Judah because of a disobedience. So we'll be judged and they also will be judged. They think they're getting away with this victory coming against us, but we've also read what their fate will be as well. But for Judah and Israel throughout the scriptures, Yah crying out for us to come back to him. He is specifically crying out, reaching for Judah, reaching for Israel. His hand is reaching down to us over and over again. Warning comes before destruction. He would not love us if he didn't warn us. He warns us because he loves us. As keepers of the field, are they against her roundabout? Because she has been rebellious against me, says Yah. Your way and your doings have procured these things unto you. This is your wickedness because it is bitter, because it reaches into your heart. My bowels, my distress, my set of emotions. I am pained at my very heart. My heart makes a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because you have heard, O oh my soul, the sound of the shofar, the alarm of war. The shofar is a sound of, of an alarm to say, hey, attention, let's get together. Let's come together in unity. Let's pray, let's fast. Let's seek the face of y'all to see what's about to happen so we can be spared from this destruction that's coming. The shofar is sounding now with the pestilence in the land, water issues, Flint still doesn't have clean water. There's water issues in the South. There are many issues coming across the lands that the government will not be able to fix because of judgment. My bowels, my bowels. I have pained at my very heart. My heart makes a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because you have heard on oh my soul the sound of the shofar, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried. The whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the shofar? For my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are Scottish children, which means they're fools. They're fool's son. That's what Scottish children mean. They are a fool's son, son fool, and they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil. How can you be wise to do evil? Well, that's what we are. We're wise to do evil. We should be wise to do good, but to do good, they have no knowledge. To do good, they have no knowledge. How do we get here? How can we get from this place? How do we get out of this mess? Judah, Israel. Jeremiah 4:23. And beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. 
I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of Yah, and by his fierce anger. For thus said Yah, the whole land should be a desolate, yet will I not make a full end, yet will I not make it complete or finished. For this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black. I have spoken, I have purposed it, and will not repent, neither will I turn back from it. The whole city shall flee from the noise of the horsemen and bowmen. They shall go into thickets and climb upon the rocks. Every city shall be forsaken, and not a man dwell therein. And when you are spoiled, what will you do? Though you clothe yourself with crimson, though you deck yourself with ornaments of gold, though you rent your face with paintings, in vain shall you make yourself fair. Your lovers will despise you. They will seek your life. For I heard a voice as a woman in travail, and the anguish as of her that brings forth her first child, the voice of the daughters of Zion that bewails herself, that spreads her hands, saying, Woe is me now, for my soul is wearied because of murderers. Yah is saying the earth will mourn, the earth will wail because of what's about to happen or what's to come. The heavens will turn black, the city shall be forsaken, no one there, no man to be found. And Yah is asking, what will you do? Will you continue to close yourself in crimson, making sure you have the best outfits on, that you're always on social media, posting the newest outfit, the designer outfits that cost lots and lots of money that you can't take with you, that has nothing to do with judgment day and what's going to happen when you stand before the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says you deck yourself with ornaments. Ornaments here means women. Our men are so gone-ho on making sure they have a certain look of a woman on their shoulder or next to them. Deck yourself with ornaments of gold, women of gold. There's a particular look that we see over and over again. Is this what Yah wants for your life? Is this the best choice for your life? He goes on to say, you're vain to make yourself fair. Fair means beautiful. Everyone wants to be beautiful. Everyone wants to make sure their face is immaculate. They're having makeup artists come in. God bless the makeup artists. They make people look totally different for what they normally look like, which is a good thing. But that should not be our idol. Our women have these eyelashes that all you see is just eyelashes. They're just protruding out everywhere. We're focused on the wrong thing. So y'all is saying judgment is coming. We're worried about having the fanciest clothes, having the prettiest woman or the finest man on our arm, making sure our faces are dolled up perfectly with whatever we need for eyelashes, eyeliner, new eye colors, whatever we need to make ourselves look beautiful. When y'all has told us, has made us beautiful already. The hair that grows out of our head is beautiful. It may be coily, it may be kinky, it may be too curly, that's what God designed for your hair. That's what he designed for your head. He says the women are in travail because murderers are after them. He says, are you going to be concerned about what's to come? Or are you going to continue to be concerned about things that does not matter? The things that deal with this symbolic Egypt that takes our time, our space, our money, our attention. He says, when will it stop? When will you stop caring about what people think? And when will you start understanding the importance of Judgment Day? And also understanding the times that we're living in, the signs of the times where there are plagues coming from the north, south, east, and west. 
things happening beyond our control. How are you preparing? What are your plans? Y'all is asking. He loves you. He would not warn you unless he loved you. Are we planning? Are we stand close to his ear like Samuel did? Judge Samuel or King Samuel did with the Israelites. Do we know his voice? We have to hear. We have to pray. We have to fast. We also have to use wisdom. We have to prepare and make sure that we have enough water, make sure we have enough food, vitamin C, medicines, zinc, Tylenol, Motrin, liquid medicines for the children, storing up things because we know judgment is here or we're going to act like everything is okay when we know it's not. We sense something is off. We sense something is wrong. If we sense it, that something must be there. That's why it's important to receive the counsel of the elderly, to receive the counsel of people that just have wisdom. Receive the counsel of those that are there to help you. You're thinking it's judgment, but it's, it's actually wisdom to help you make the right choice, to make the right decisions. I know many times throughout my life when I was about to make a decision and was not sure and I just was like, I'm not sure what to do, I would get a call from my father and he was like, baby girl, I was in prayer and God told me, call you and see how you were doing. And in that telephone call, he would give me instruction, his wisdom and also what the Most High was telling him to tell me. That's why it's so important to be able to receive judgment. It may feel bad, it may, you may not wanna receive it, but it's good. It's there to help you because you don't want to get before the throne room and be judged by the Most High because his judgment is gonna be much fierce than your mother's or your father's or your friends or your coworkers or your managers. They may be doing things that are evil, but it may be for your good because he works it out for your good. So judgment is a good thing. Let's not repeat what others are saying and let's get back to the word. He says in Jeremiah 4 and 2, make an oath, swear that y'all lives in truth and judgment and righteousness. And whatever you do, don't fear. If you're on y'all's side, he will protect you. He will guard your family. He will protect you and your loved ones. But you have to repent and obey his commandments. If you're part of y'all, he will protect us during this time. Whatever seasons that come, whatever plagues that come, we are protected by the blood of Yeshua. Our hope is built on nothing less than Yeshua's blood and his righteousness. So don't give up. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Get closer to him. Hear his voice. He will protect us. He will maneuver us through this time, the difficult times that are ahead of us and the times we're experiencing now. He would never leave us. He would never forsake us. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a big God. He created all of the heavens and the earth. Surely he understands and knows where we are, and he knows who we are, and he knows who's his. If you belong to him, you're a part of him. He will lead you. He will guide you. But you have to let him. He is with us. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret, but we have to have wisdom. We have to have understanding through his word and also do the practical things that needs to be done here for our families and for our survival here on this earth. Get the water and get the things that you need. But most importantly, don't forget about your soul. Your soul is the most important attribute of your life. Water it with the word. Water it with fasting. Water it with praying. Water your soul above everything else. And it's okay to be judged. Let the judgment help you. Let the judgment come forth wisdom and keep it moving. We're in his grip and it's going to be okay. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. 
We don't claim to know everything, but we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth war, let truth reign, let truth speak, and let truth set you free. Truth wars, truth reigns, truth speaks, truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.